Fake Headlines Podcast is sponsored by Kitty Box Press. Kitty Box Press is an independently owned print shop located in Rochester, New York. Each piece is handcrafted using only eco-friendly materials, resulting in a beautiful artisan work. With no minimum orders, no setup fee, and made with lots of love, Kitty Box Press wants to be your go-to screen printer. Kitty Box Press can print just about anything from t-shirts to totes to posters and invitations. Follow Kitty Box Press on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to visit them at kittyboxpress.com for more information. Thanks, Kitty Box Press. Thank you. Hello, I'm Tiffany Dillon. And I'm Kevin Dillon. And And this this is is Fake Fake Headlines Headlines Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Fake Headlines Podcast, episode number 110. 110. Welcome, fake friends. (laughs) You're listening to to 110 FM. (laughs) I'm Tiffany. And I'm Kevin. And as always, we're here with some fake headlines. Yeah. <laughs> this is our new, these are our new characters. It, it, are you guys into like weird radio shows? Yeah, I think. Isn't that what this is? Yeah, this is, I mean, I think the thing that has been lacking in our show the last couple of years has been uh, more wacky voices. Wacky voices. Yeah. yeah. Just really doing doing some character work live yeah. as we record here. Yeah. I think that's what we're missing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do the rest of the show in that voice. Okay. No, I won't do that. Oh. I'm as your wife, I truly support any creative <laughs> endeavors that you may discover. Wow. And I'm here with you and for you and probably a part of it <laughs> in some way. You know, Tiffany, I appreciate your support and positivity, but you mm-hmm. also know that I am a raving jackass and will just make stuff up and you can't de- your default can't be to support me because I could just be a lunatic. It's a good thing that I do support you because that's what this whole show is. Is <laughs> a couple of babbling lunatics yeah. who happen to be married uh, talking about um, lunacy. Yeah, we can't afford to go to we can't afford to go to therapy every week, so we we do some of these radio shows. It helps us get out some stuff. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> So, Tiffany, we're back uh, back to the regular schedule. Our regular schedule. schedule. Regularly scheduled program. <laughs> uh, there was like an animation of like a mouse pulling the t- plug out of the radio. Yeah. We had technical difficulties for yeah. a week or so. Yep. Um, Tiffany, tell everybody about what we've been up to the last couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, me? <laughs> uh, we've been doing some fun stuff. So, uh, here in the United States, we celebrated Independence Day on July 4th. And... Uh, on July 3rd, we went and saw a Major League Baseball game. Yeah. In Buffalo, that's a big deal. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys <laughs> know this. I didn't know this because I don't follow sports, but Buffalo does not have a Major League Baseball team. No, we usually have a Minor League Baseball team. Go Bisons. Right. And so in this uh, current environment the last couple of years, the Toronto Blue Jays have been doing some of their home games in Buffalo. Right, because usually Toronto is just across the small pond yes otherwise known as a lake yes lake ontario pond ontario i think pond ontario yeah (laughs) pond terrio yeah i believe is what you're looking for (laughs) yes um so you know because of the uh travel restrictions and whatnot last year uh the blue jays did part of their home season in buffalo because they couldn't cross the border back and forth Mm -hmm. and the same thing exists this year where canada has been sort of cut off to most of your normal traffic back and forth from across the border uh so uh, we had the chance to then see the Blue Jays play 
a couple of games here in Buffalo, including one game a couple weeks back against the world-famous New York State Yankees. New York State Yankees, Kevin. The New York State Yankees. <laughs> I don't know a lot about it's the New York State Yankees. The game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we went and saw uh, a New York Yankees game uh, against the Blue Jays, and guess what? We were like one of maybe 12 people rooting for the Blue Jays because <laughs> you know what? You root for your home team. That's what the song says. So what do we know? Um, but yeah, so we, I mean, really it was a win-win sort of game. So sure. the, the Yankees ended up winning that game and I would have been happy had either team won. But the team or the game that we went and saw this past weekend was against uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and our home team did win. Yes, And they that did. felt mighty fun. It did feel really good. As do those drinks we consumed. Yeah, they really <laughs> did. And because Tiffany and I, we don't eat a lot of, um, we don't eat meat. So we're at a baseball game where most of the food is meat. Yeah. I mean, the, the stadium that the Blue Jays have been playing in here in Buffalo is named after a hot dog company that's local to Buffalo yeah. <laughs> called Salem's Field. Salem's Hot Dogs, a big, they're a big deal in this area. They have the naming rights to the stadium. So we should have known better that there wasn't going to be a lot of options for us yeah. at, the, at the hot dog ballpark. Yeah. But uh, so we had some beer and we all we had were peanuts to kind of try to keep us uh, sober. Yeah. But uh, it was a we good time. We took the train. We were fine and safe. And yes, it was of good. course. We were responsible. We live near a train and it was fine. So don't worry about <laughs> us, uh, mom and dad. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we had a great time. I had no idea what was happening most of the time. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a sports guy. I enjoy it, though. I enjoyed learning about the game. I enjoyed watching uh, the game. I enjoyed talking to Tiffany and asking her what the hell's going on. Uh, because when <laughs> I play. This is like the one sport that I know. <laughs> it's perfect because when I was a kid playing baseball, we just simply threw the ball at the person to allow them to hit the ball. Like it wasn't, we weren't trying to trick them or like we, our goal was for everybody to hit the ball in the backyard at the old, uh, I'm surprised you even had, game. you even had a pitcher. I'm surprised that they, they didn't have just like the batter, like throw up the ball and just hit it themselves. <laughs> we did. You know, like there, you just have people in the outfield like, yeah, I guess we'll you get it. Know, you know, now that I look back on it, I think we just had a pinata in our backyard growing okay. up. We didn't have, uh. And you weren't blindfolded, so no. yeah, okay. Huh. okay. That well, explains that, a lot yeah, of your coordination I, skills. And I guess that's why I was a little disappointed and confused when the game started and there wasn't candy flying everywhere. No. Oh, all right. Well. But uh, yeah, great time. It was a great uh, experience. So uh, you know, yeah, I'm a I'm a big baseball fan now. Yeah, Kevin's like, I it, he's all into it. He has a a, a new application on his phone. Uh, for the major league baseball and, uh, he is, uh, following along. He have, you have a favorite player. I do. You have a favorite player on the blue Jays team. Only because, well, he's good, but, uh, uh-huh. Vladimir Guerrero jr. Yeah. I mean, he's got the coolest name you'd ever what a cool want name. to yeah. have. Um, uh, but yeah, so I got a favorite player. He sounds I got a like a, team. a Spanish vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He is the It sounds really sexy. He is uh he, he is Eddie Guerrero's vampire cousin. Oh, okay. He's a, he's a luchador. <laughs> he's a vampador. He's a vampador. Uh, yeah, vampador. <laughs> but uh yeah, not so, to be confused with uh their, you know, his his late grandpador. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Or his uh vampador retriever dog. Yes. That's yes. also. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um but uh yeah, so 
I've yeah, I've loved baseball. I got an app. I follow my favorite players on Instagram because that's what you do. You don't really watch the game. You just follow your players. Yeah. And I've been chewing tobacco and spitting around the house a that's lot. That's disgusting and, and flat out lie. I make a lot of hand gestures and signals to Tiffany, try to communicate with her that way. I it's think it's important thing. that you're honest that it is not tobacco. It is big league chew. <laughs> it is. And I'll ask you to stop spitting around the apartment, please. I'm sorry. It's probably really bad for my teeth, too. Yeah. There's a lot of sugar in that. There really is. It's yeah. almost... It's almost better to actually give kids tobacco, quite frankly. (laughs) That's gross. I'm not a doctor, so please don't do that if you have a kid and you have tobacco nearby. Yeah, don't do that. No, please don't. So yeah, it was a great day at the ballpark. And then on the 4th, we had a nice, lovely cookout at my mom's house and we enjoyed some some outdoor uh, living. And uh, yeah, it was a great time. We had a really nice weekend. I met up with an old friend I haven't seen in many years. It was good. Uh, it was a great weekend. I hope you all had a great weekend as well. Uh, I hope that during the remaining days of summer, you're able to catch a game or go out with friends, do whatever, grill some stuff, but enjoy the season while it lasts. But if you're like us, you're probably glued to the internet because, <laughs> wow, is it exciting. There's so many things out there. Let us tell you about something that's also exciting. And coming to an internet near near you. Oh, what a segue. Internet and internet. Let me tell you about something also exciting. And yeah. coming to an internet near you. Ooh, tell me more. Well, we, Fake Headlines Podcast, are looking into having merchandise. Oh, man. You know, we're exciting as a podcast. Once you have that t-shirt... Or a coffee mug. Or a coffee mug. Or a tote. Yeah. Or an iPhone case. Or anything like that. Yeah. With our name on it. Yeah. So coming soon, we got, we're got we working out a situation right now to get that all set up. Yeah. And including, uh, so we're, we'll be distributing that online uh, in a couple different ways. Uh, one, including uh, someone we know very well. Yes. So one of the first and foremost places you'll be able to find some stuff of ours would be along with Kitty Box Press. And if you have been listening to us for a long time, you're very familiar with Kitty Box Press. They can pretty much print on anything. And because they did create our logo, uh, they've been so gracious to uh, put together a little shop for us. So that's something that will be uh, coming very soon. And if you're if you're too impatient to wait for our stuff, go to Kitty Box Shirts. It's part of Kitty Box Press, and they're just rad shirts that you need in your life. So even if you're not local to Rochester, there's some fun stuff on there. Um, I you know there's some uh, really cool tees that you can get, and you can always design your own too. So. Yeah, and and Tiffany mentioned that they can pretty much print on everything, and that's exactly how I got this back tattoo. Ian's very talented. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's eco-friendly. Um, <laughs> also, uh, we're working on something with Tee Public, so you'll be able to order some stuff on there. If you would like to keep it local and shop with, uh, um, you know, Kitty Box Press, that's terrific. Otherwise, you can also find some stuff on Tee Public, and uh, we'll be shooting that stuff out soon. So yeah. So you guys can check that out so keep an eye out for that yeah keep an eye out on an internet near you and follow us on uh, facebook and instagram we'll have updates there as they become available to us so thank you and thanks for your support over the years and uh if you want to buy a little something to help support the cause here we certainly would appreciate that you know we gotta pay some bills keep the lights on you know this not this isn't free i mean it's for you but i mean for us i mean it's a 
It's still free. It's still free. Really, yeah. we're not really paying much. But okay. It's still just we we need to we could use a little cash. I mean, who couldn't <laughs> in this in this economy? Quite frankly, honestly, it's just fun. It is. Yeah. Also, it's really great to be able to support our artist friend who works really really hard. Yes. And we love dearly. Yes. So that's really what it's all about. Not about the money. What is this show about, Kevin? Well, you know, Tiffany, I'm glad you asked because um, I want to tell you. So this is Fake Headlines Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, what we have done is, and what we do every week is that uh, Tiffany and I go our separate ways on the World Wide Web, and we look for a outrageous headline that tickles our fancy and the accompanying article. And then we will take a said headline and then come up with two of our own hopefully equally as ridiculous and we will pitch the headlines to one another and we'll try to guess which article is real and along the way we'll use the headline as a prompt for a conversation and just kind of see where it takes us and hopefully it'll be entertaining for you i think so yeah yeah so perfect so we entertain ourselves and that's really all that matters this is just a an exercise in our own uh expression so it doesn't matter this is a great way for us to uh basically just hear ourselves talk essentially yeah Yeah. because we we as we've mentioned before on the show tiffany and i go weeks without speaking a word to one another we save it all up for these shows yeah so So this is a great time for us it's awesome yeah so i and i do have some things i gotta tell you about uh some things that happen in the bathroom but you know we'll get into it later in the show let's let's not bring the mood down right now that's gross kev but uh tiffany i believe i'm going first this week with my three headlines is that right my thrice headlines according to my notes yes well, kevin you, goes first your notes are always accurate so here i we know go. i'm a very precise person you are indeed so tiffany take down these headlines will you please mm-hmm. uh, headline number one mm-hmm. exclusive hollywood eatery is a mobile tiny house that seats two exclusive hollywood eatery is a mobile tiny house that seats two okay headline number two stonehenge did ancient machine move stones from Wales? Stonehenge. Did ancient machine move stones from Wales? Wow. I believe it's the country, not the mammal. Just want okay. to be clear. Thank you. Yeah. Kidney stones from the mammal, perhaps? Hmm. We'll find out. We'll get into that in just a moment. Okay. Uh, headline number three, nudism springing up in post-COVID world. Wow. Nudism springing up in post-covid world is that a boner joke i mean i it could be i mean i, I, didn't, I didn't read it that way because i am a mature adult but um, sure you are i think you might be right <laughs> <laughs> okay cool <laughs> so tiffany uh just to reiterate that only one of those headlines is a real uh, headline how is it <laughs> how is it possible so headline number one is exclusive Hollywood eatery. What it, What is it? Yes. Well, Tiffany, you just uh, talked about how great your note taking is. And I just yeah. want to point out. Well, that here's the thing. I can't write fast enough. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, the headline is exclusive Hollywood eatery is a mobile tiny house that seats two. Okay. Well, how about that? Doesn't that sound so romantic? Also, doesn't that seem like the worst time to have something like that when, um, I mean, both the worst and the the best time, like things are starting to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. That is super, super exciting. That is good. However, if you, I mean, I love you, 
so so much thank you where's this going it's gonna hurt my feelings isn't it no but we have been inside for a month a month yeah uh (laughs) it feels like a month because i love you so much time is so elusive (laughs) um it, it you've been inside for like a year and a half and then you're gonna go out to dinner with your loved one with whom you've been stuck inside with and you just want to go somewhere else in a smaller space to be stuck inside with them again? Maybe. I guess the advantage is you don't have to cook. You don't have to cook. You're not around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And maybe the food is incredible. Maybe the food is incredible. Maybe it is. I, I don't know. I love a good meal. You love a good meal. Uh, there are. Some, I guess there would be some concerns, though, about this. If you're just driving around, like, do you... Like, I wonder if it drives around, like, constantly. It's just, like, on the freeway, like, passing cars and, like, everything's rattling as they're, as they're driving. Like, <laughs> or oh, so it, you're eating and riding you're eating at and, the same time? Maybe. I don't know. It's like a mobile uh, eatery Uber. <laughs> Uber, Uber <laughs> right. eatery. It's an Uber eatery. Yeah. So, instead of taking the Uber to the restaurant, the restaurant comes to you and then takes you on an Uber. Because <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, what's the difference between, like, a food truck and that, but... You know, if you're on a journey as well, yeah, then I suppose that's something, right? You know, it's almost like, it's almost like when you're on a, a train car. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I would imagine it's got to be a little difficult. Like, what if you stop suddenly and like things are flying? Or, yeah. Like, even though it's like a tiny house, like how big could it really be on a trailer? So you've, so the person like brings the food and then just like steps one foot away from you and just kind of staring at you awkwardly while. You're yeah, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> I would actually uh, respectfully ask them to turn around. <laughs> like, um, make like the Blair Witch Project and just stare in the corner, please. <laughs> you know what would be funny is if uh, part of their uniform was actually like the front of their uniform was very formal where mm-hmm. it's a, a button up shirt and a tie and black pants. And uh, but when they turn around, it, the whole back of their uniform actually matches the wall of the inside. <laughs> Of the mobile home. So uh, they just really blend in, you know? So you don't, you really don't know they're there. You don't know they're there. (laughs) Unless they're a loud breather, in which case, fire them. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, could you please pull up your pants a little bit? I can, you're You're not concealed. I can see part, I can see a crack in the structure. Let's just say. <laughs> oh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. Don't worry, it won't affect your tip. I'm not one of those kind of people, but it's just, you know, we're here together. So you'd have to have a, se- a separate section for the cooking, so I would imagine like I would I would imagine it being like a full <laughs> the restaurant where you you get in and then it takes off mm-hmm. and then you you're handed a menu with like I hope I mean there can't be a lot of options on the menu. It's got to be very You got to have some options, but you can't get crazy because you got a small kitchen there, right? You would do you, does the, the menu um, change or do you think it stays pretty consistent so that, you know, uh, maybe most people would make this date because it's ex- exclusive, right. you know? Everybody wants to get in on this. So y- maybe you would look at the menu online. It, like mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. like not every restaurant works for you. So maybe right. you can kind of cater your dinner to what you have so like maybe they have Mm -hmm. like a vegan option maybe they have 
uh, a meat option. That's like <laughs> a meat option. A meat option. Yeah. I don't I know. know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're like, right. yeah, you're right. Cause it, but you, you, again, you'd have to kind of, but it's pretty limited you'd is, have to be is limited. my point. Yeah, exactly. Cause you couldn't have all those supplies in there yeah. and, co- and cooking yeah. on the fly. Yeah. It could but be in a kosher or whatever other, um, right. Preferences people have. Yeah. And you couldn't, um, you couldn't like make it ahead of time because I don't know if that's as exciting. Yeah. Like, you know I, mean? I mean, there's meal prep involved in every restaurant business, but you yeah, can't, that's true. You can't, um, like, it, you know, if someone orders, mm, you know, some sort of fish, they don't want to cook re- beforehand and then right, right. heat it up and serve to them. That's disgusting. Right. You might as well just go to a tr- to a gas station, and get a sandwich out of the cooler that's already been made. Yeah. That's essentially what you're doing in those it, situations. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless it's tuna fish, which I guess is worse. Um, so, hmm. Okay. Where did you say this was again? In Hollywood. Of course it's in Hollywood. Of course it's Hollywood. Okay. So it would be air conditioned. Yes. I would hope hope so. What do you you think this would be really expensive? I think it would have. Is it fancy meals only? Yeah. I think it would be, I think it's expensive because I, I think you'd have to do something to make it worth this effort to to do it yeah like i think if you're just getting in a in a weird little house and driving i guess that would get a certain amount of of lure to it uh-huh. but i think it has to be something like fancy or, or the overall experience has to be something uh enjoyable to some degree otherwise it's just like you know after one person does it and it's like oh I, they took off at a red light and then i got soup on my lapel yeah and then uh you know that's over with i um here's the thing i I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. I was told not to get into any sort of vehicles with strangers, <laughs> regardless of what sort of treats are inside. That's true. Have I followed this? No. but No, you have not. If you've listened to that on previous episodes. Um, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. Like, come here. <laughs> come here come into my come into my uh, suspicious little truck i'll you, drive you around <laughs> you can have a delicious dinner that'll be fine nothing it'll be fine uh, please leave your cell phone here on the on the sidewalk yeah. before you get in the car yeah don't, I, don't worry don't worry you don't get reception in there i'll bring it you'll back be, you'll be fine i'll bring it back so you can pick it up well it's, i don't think it's one of those windowless vans that's uh i hope not because that would be certain it's got to be something inviting like I, that's why i was thinking uh that's why in the picture it's like a it's like a fancy kind of tiny house where it looks more appealing like a do you want to show me the picture like a structure i don't know oh okay okay well i guess we'll just move on to headline number two then all right that's sounds fine. good <laughs> headline number two tiffany <laughs> Headline number two, Tiffany, uh-huh. Stonehenge, did ancient machine move stones from Wales? Wow. So, as you said, not the mammals. Right. Okay. Although maybe there was an ancient machine that would help whales with kidney stones. We don't know. They may have. There's, there could be a lot of stuff laying on the ocean floor we're not aware of. Yeah. There, there might be ancient machines that are much more advanced in the medical field. Than we be. can possibly comprehend. Right. There may have been an entire c- continent that w- that sunk that was just mammal uh, gastrointestinal doctors. Atlantis, of course. <laughs> right. Duh. That, that's, why that, the, that's why that medication you take when your tummy isn't feeling good is called Mylanta. Right. It's from, Mylan- from Atlantis. Yeah. It, I mean, everybody knows that. <laughs> wow. Wow. They <laughs> brought it together. <laughs> Chloe is snoring. It's killing me. <laughs> um, 
Wow. Hey, I have a question. Yes. Geography. Yes. Where is Stonehenge? Where is it? It's in the UK. Okay. Yeah. Isn't Wales part of the UK? It is. Okay. So we're in the UK. Are they now? And where would they have come from? I'm just trying to get an idea of like yeah. how miraculous this ancient machinery would be. Gotcha. Because gotcha. I mean, Stonehenge is, is a wonder in itself, right? Oh, sure. Of course. So, I mean, I mean, I guess it could be moved, right? Like they have, they have those trucks that they're traveling on ancient roads that say wide load. They have like, maybe like a small horse. Maybe it's a donkey in front with like a neon sign. And then like, they got like a big couple of workhorses that's carrying each piece, you know? And then they got like a, a tiny donkey bringing up the rear uh, of it with another sign that just says wide load, <laughs> you know? And then, and then there's like little guys just like, I don't know, because people were probably smaller then. So there's little guys walking along with like these flags, you know, just to like warn everybody. Hey, we got really heavy machinery coming. <laughs> I like that you've created a whole network of ancient like trucking. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> there's like truck stops and like play, the, the trucks are parked and people are snapping. Absolutely. And- there's like a whole. Uh, there's always like sketchy hitchhikers. Sketchy, you know? yep. There's like just a little looking. Hey, you, you going this way? Cool. All a- right. Ancient CB radios. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tiffany, to answer your question, from Wales to Stonehenge in the UK, and it's in Salisbury. Uh, it is about a. Uh, it's about 150 miles, basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so ancient machinery. Move Stonehenge 150 miles. So they it, think its origin is a different place. Yeah, the rocks are from, based on their whatever testing, are from Wales. Okay. So And these are big stones, keep in mind, too. So you're talking about moving, taking these giant monolith, monolithic stones and moving them 150 miles. Okay. So could they have had the help of some kind of technology? Why couldn't it have been that Stonehenge was built in its current place, but these types of rocks were moved during the ice age or the end of it when oh, everything was melting. That's a good, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting hypothesis there. So not necessarily like ancient machinery, but the fact right. that nature, nature moved it for you. Yeah. Right. That, that's a great idea. That could be mm-hmm. maybe aliens weren't involved or machinery. Maybe it was just ice. Yeah. Baby. nature's machine well i mean think about think about on the office when they ha- when the uh, warehouse workers quit and they had to get all the paper pallets into the truck what did they do they slid them across the floor they remember? did they did they use yes they did they, they use their ingenious <laughs> imaginations mm-hmm. very well could have been ice if it was winter but okay. it's just not having to be winter. Sorry, I was just trying to connect the dots between sliding paper across the floor and teamwork and nature and ice. <laughs> so that's why I was like, wait, what? Well, Tiffany, let's take a moment to watch this educational film strip I put together for oh, us, Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. I like how I gestured towards the wall as if a projector mm-hmm. was going to No, I was down. with you. I watched it. I know you did. Very, you're very committed to it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. 
thanks for following along you're welcome <laughs> um yeah i um uh, it, it's possible it's it's possible that so, that is so your theory is it was just old mother nature that mother nature trucker mother trucker nature that mother trucker nature that mother trucker nature just caused those stones to show up there 150 miles over yeah. the ice age yeah okay as for how they were assembled in their current manner hmm hmm could it have also just because they, I mean they are so the conventional wisdom clearly and, a strong man <laughs> right one strong man it was one strong man there yeah yes yeah um that's also well that was the site of the ancient circus so it's very possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. a strong man and a bearded lady are responsible for Stonehenge absolutely yeah for sure I think most people that have studied Stonehenge agree that it is some kind of timepiece. It's some kind of way to tell time mm-hmm. based on, which was something we saw recently this morning, actually, on the news in New York City. Yeah. It is currently uh, the time of year. It happens a couple times a year where the sun will cascade down the streets of Manhattan and kind of create a sort of similar effect to what mm-hmm. Stonehenge does when the sun hits, kind of peers through the the pillars at a certain angle so yeah um yeah so it's interesting so yeah I, I, so it's some kind of timepiece of some kind that's what we think it is uh based on the the size and the relationship to the sun and the shadows it casts and whatnot mm-hmm. um so it does kind of speak to a certain wisdom uh happening at that time period that we may might not necessarily understand why they knew what they were doing but somehow knew it yeah um, it's not unheard of because a lot of uh ancient greek um, for instance, a lot of ancient Greek places have have sort of things set up like that so that it tells mm-hmm. different seasons and right. um, time, time of day, stuff like that. That's it. Yeah. And you believe so, those were not also just created by Mother Nature? I think those were created by people who figured out science. Gotcha. Okay. Early scientists. Remember what those? Remember science? Remember science. But Stonehenge, did we think Stonehenge was built sort of, so after sort of the Stone Age happened and all, wait, not the Stone Age, but the um, <laughs> the Middle Ages, like everything kind of, like we lost a lot of stuff kind of, like we had all this stuff happening in antiquity and then during like the Middle Ages, it seemed like a dark time. The when, Crusades. When science wasn't necessarily in the forefront of people's minds. Yeah, and there was a we, lot of like religious sort of yeah, stuff happening. And yeah. a lot of stuff bur- like lost just mm-hmm. to time and stuff like that too. Yeah. So, um but maybe some of that knowledge was able to kind of carry on through whatever tradition, uh, you know, maybe written or orally. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting, huh? So yeah, yeah, so you don't think there's any nothing happening there? Just some smart, strong people carrying rocks 150 miles. I think smart people built it, and I think that um, science moved them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's. Science, my story i'm sticking to it science meaning uh ice and uh the melting of ice it. and melting okay sounds yeah. good all right well hey that's that's a great theory i think it's a uh, sound so nudism is springing up uh post-covid speaking of stonehenge right this headline is hard to follow yeah uh so yes yeah, so tiffany uh nudism is springing up in a post-covid world yeah okay so I think people are finding that they don't want to wear pants. They, they yeah, you know, you people have gone a good year and a half wearing sweatpants, and the next natural progression is just taking those bad boys right off. Just not even wearing pants anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, if you put pants on in the first place. That's true. 
you know, I don't know. Well, Tiffany, I'll tell you this. When I get up in the morning, I put my pants on just like anyone else. I leave them crumpled on the floor and work in my underwear. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I, um, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that people have found a new level of comfortability in, in themselves. Um, as evidenced, uh, by, uh, what we've seen out in public. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying like, like people are slubs, but like, they I are. certainly notice that more people are wearing more comfortable clothes. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's two extremes. Either you're wearing a ball gown or you're wearing, <laughs> you're wearing leggings that yeah. are like really comfy. Yeah. I think there's been a, there's been a slow sort of, um, march towards this comfort comfortability of clothing for people mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. you like even maybe 20 years ago you saw people at walmart with like sleep pants on like those lounge pants like you, you, you know what i mean you just started seeing that kind of thing more and it happened to be at walmart because that's where all trends start well i'm just laughing because like that's literally what every freshman at college wore well, class. that's true too. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I remember when I was in college, people would wear sweatpants to class. I'm a person that can never be that comfortable in public. I can never wear sweatpants outside. Even going to get the ma- I went out and got the mail tonight in a pair of shorts and I felt funny because they weren't like... Hard pants? Like hard pants. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, these are a little too casual for the outdoors. You yeah. Know? And, uh, but yeah, it's just, I, I'm, that's just me. Uh, but, um, but I think there's been this slow movement towards like... You know, I mean, you think back to like, you know, uh, the 30s or 40s when people or the 50s when people first started taking like commercial flights. People wore suits when they went flying just on a trip somewhere. People were dressed up on the train. Well, even before that, everywhere. No one had like, quote unquote, comfortable clothes. Yeah. I mean, you had your home clothes and then you had your church clothes. Right. I mean, if you're wealthy, then you have lots of other clothes too, but right. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, everyone had, I, I mean, you went out in public and you interacted with people. You had probably something nice on. Right. Like, like any old photograph, you don't see people in sweatpants. I no. Mean, sweatpants existed, but you see, the only time you see pictures of it is like if people are in a gym, like people throwing a medicine ball around in a black and white photo, you know what I mean? They're not like wearing that outfit to the store. Right. You know, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know that book of medicine ball throwing photos mm. I have? You know the one I'm talking about. Of course. We look at it awfully a lot. It's weird. Awfully uh, a lot. <laughs> but do you think, like, so So people are just kind of feeling free this summer, I think, to some degree. I mean, as much as you can in a, in a hot, rainy summer that we're having. But um, I think there is this sort of renewed, sort of quote-unquote freedom. Renewed? Renew, renewed. Mm-hmm. Freedom. <laughs> You son of a gun. <laughs> Renewed freedom. <You> <laughs> so are people are people um are people flocking to nudist colonies or are they finding that they just are not comfortable being out in public wearing their clothes anymore? Because they've been at home for so long wearing next to nothing or nothing at all. Right. I think it's the idea of being out in public and not having to worry about wearing something over your face, wearing clothes, wearing like, I think there's this whole sort of new sort of liberated kind of feeling people might be having. So they're going to specific places to express themselves. I don't think it's like, you're not, someone's not on the beach, like woo, taking all the clothes off and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. I think it's, I mean, there may be some people doing that on spring break, but that's a different animal right there. So not necessarily nudist. Yes. 
Yes, they are nudists, yes. but they're going to nudist colonies. Then. Yes, so th- so there's a there's an uptick in people being interested in that lifestyle and going okay. to those places. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I feel like I'm the opposite. I would like to go. I would never go to a clothing optional beach. I would go to a more clothes than you need are encouraged beach. So like Antarctica. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to be. I want to go to Daytona Beach in a snowsuit. I just be completely covered yeah. and no one can see my body. Okay. <laughs> just throw. I don't think that's the right choice, but you know, your skin is going to thank you for, uh, the, the protectant that's that you're, you're giving. Exactly. It. So exactly. That's, good. that's SPF snowsuit. Yeah. That's SPF snowsuit. That's the, the strongest, strongest you can get. You can get. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you're going to want to keep hydrated in that too. So make sure you keep those uh, coconut waters and mojitos coming. Keep them flowing. Yeah. <laughs> Just pour it right in that suit because it's yeah. going to get hotter than hell in there. Hot. <laughs> so Kevin, one of these headlines is real. It is. So you have an exclusive mobile eatery, Stonehenge that moved mm-hmm. and nudism. Nudism springing up. Springing on up springing on up in the world hmm i'm gonna go with headline number two uh which one was that the stonehenge yes mm. okay um that is the real headline yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you want to dance around and do a victory lap go ahead <laughs> Bye. so tiffany yes that is the real story from the bbc stonehenge did ancient machine move stones from wales and actually it is it is about moving kidney stones from wales oh wow so, yeah i took okay. it, yeah i tried to misdirect wow. you with stonehenge but you uh, did yeah so i'm going to show you a, a quick picture so it's, this is how the uh author belie- or the person that this story is about Stephen tasker this is how he believes that the machines may have looked that helped people move these giant stones over long place long uh, periods of land my word okay long periods of land that's not the right words at all i'm trying okay this is very innovative it's like a it's like a teeter-totter but with feet yes it's like a and it's, it's like, a teeter-totter with feet but it's yeah so it's it's using leverage and kind of moving these things back and forth side to side it kind of causes this thing to kind of rock back and forth and kind of move along uh-huh. uh but that we'll sh- we'll get into it and uh, there's also i believe like some uh, videos in the article as well that kind of show them sort of experimenting with what they so ancient trucking it was ancient trucking <laughs> it, was, it was ancient trucking you are not wrong so here's the story Say it again you're not wrong. <laughs> Jeez. Just put that on a separate MP3 and put it on your iPod, huh? <laughs> so in a mystery that has confounded experts for centuries, how huge stones transported 180 miles from the Preseli Hills to Stonehenge. Some think humans, some think cows, uh, maybe pulled these stones to their final sort of resting place. However, a man believes it was a long-forgotten machine which appeared to defy gravity and even possibly was referenced in the Bible. But a Stonehenge expert said manpower was the most likely explanation. Hmm. So carpet fitter Steve Tasker, 66, not to be confused with the Buffalo Bills Hall of Famer Steve Tasker. <laughs> okay. Well, you do know sports, Kev. Well, I think he does that, that Wester commercial.
commercial that we uh, see every morning on the news. Oh, I forget. He is a Buffalo Bills player, guys, and he sells cars now. <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> uh, carpet fitter Steve Tasker, 66, uh, became so interested in, stone, in the Stonehenge mystery that he built a prototype of what he believed the old machine would have looked like. It may have looked like something out of a TV show, but we've lifted a third of a ton with it, and theoretically, it could have moved even more weight. Hmm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, a lover of ancient Egypt, Stephen wanted to explain how the pyramids were built, but believes his theory also sheds light on how the stone circles were created on various sites uh, from the Orkney's Scarabray to Stonehenge. So it was on a trip to Cairo in 2004 when he considered that there may be some machinery involved after looking at some ancient artifacts, and he thought maybe they weren't appear- they weren't exactly what they appeared to be. Uh, so, for example, what he thought he what people think are like makeup jars, he thought they were rollers that were a part of this contraption that he was envisioning after seeing some imagery of it um, uh-huh. in some other things. And there were also some kind of rockers or sleds uh, in picture that he thought could be. I'll show you the picture that he thought. Oh, well, maybe that's maybe that image is actually this machine. You know, maybe <sighs> something that we see drawn on the side of a of a. Um, canister you know what those sliders remind me of is um in some of our apartment we have carpet so in order to move heavy things we put these furniture sliders underneath and that's kind of what that looks like and it it does certainly uh make our things move faster across carpet i imagine across grass it would be a breeze (laughs) exactly you know exactly so this guy kind of had this idea that he saw this thing you know this image on something kind of started thinking about well maybe that was maybe this drawing is not just like a fantasy drawing from ancient times maybe it's Mm -hmm. actually a real machine and maybe that's what was used to carry these these things so he thought about this for like 14 years and he built a prototype and just kind of left it in his garage and kind of moved on to other things. Mm-hmm. So he was on a, uh, he was on a holiday carpets uh, on carpets. Right. So a chance encounter while he was on holiday once, um, kind of got him thinking about it again. And he, when he was flipping through the old Testament and then the old Testament re- it referenced a sort of rocking device that made him think, Oh, maybe this, maybe that's kind of what I'm thinking of too, for this, um, thing. Uh, cause it says that, uh, in one passage, the prophet, called Ezekiel described a vision of God being transported on a cherubim with four wings and feet shaped like the sole of a calf's foot, which kind of made him. Th- oh yeah. Which now, made him th- yeah. You see those and that's what it looks like. Yeah. So he thought, well, maybe it's not wings but maybe it's planks of wood. And the idea is that you would kind of use them as levers to kind of cause the thing to slide across the ground. Uh-huh. Uh, so he, oh. so he kept kind of thinking about it and then he built a little kind of, um, a prototype of it. Hmm. And uh, there's some video on the article showing him kind of uh, cool. using it. Yeah, I'll it's have pretty, to check that out. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So maybe there were things like that that, you know, you we see things sort of drawn on um, artifacts or on pyramids. And sometimes it maybe looks like something maybe out of fantasy, you know, like a flying thing. But maybe there was something, and maybe that's a little too far-fetched, but maybe something on the ground like that that you're looking at and someone's holding a lever. Maybe it really was a lever. Maybe yeah. it was some kind of device you know maybe it didn't use electricity but maybe it was just a gears and levers and things you know who knows yeah i mean i, I think that i think that sometimes as modern people we forget the uh ingenuity that 
ancient peoples had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they, they were really, I mean, we are where we are because people like that thought outside the box and thought about ways to make things better um, with inventions like that yeah. or uh, in documenting that stuff. Uh, whether it be on a piece of art or on a, a wall somewhere. That's a great point because people you know, didn't really necessarily have the words to describe exactly how this thing operated. And all, yeah. if you, all you have is an image and not really how it's broken down inside, you might just kind of throw it off. Yeah, it's just a little dumb drawing. Yeah. Could have been a thing. Was, yeah. I just lost it, lost to time. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't because they were like, I want to record this piece of history and this, this thing it was because they were trying to communicate it to others but it, that happens to be what was left behind it's like right. when you you know you find an instruction booklet for a bookcase that you got rid of 10 years ago <laughs> you know but think about how much knowledge right now in our world is not necessarily written down but on a hard drive somewhere yeah and what if all that got wiped out we would lose so much potentially right absolutely yeah so think about that in, in ancient uh, in an ancient mindset where mm-hmm. you have stuff that's maybe written down, but it could just erode over time mm-hmm. or it could get blown up or just lost. Buried. And certainly it has happened where we right. don't know. And, we, yeah. and all we have are these little images left. I mean, that something's, I mean, you know, heaven forbid something happens like that in, in modern times where things can get wiped out. But mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, we would lose so much if we, mm-hmm. you know, if we didn't have everything written down, which we don't. It's not like it hasn't happened before. Right, right. Yeah. It's interesting. Wow, interesting. Interesting. So cool. Well, Tiffany, great job guessing the real headline this week. Great and job writing those. That was fun. Well, thank you. And uh, we'll be right back after these words. <laughs> Are you a millennial or Gen Y woman who finds herself shoved in a locker of fear by those mental mean girls holding you back from opportunity? Are those voices constantly bombarding you with, why try? No one cares about what you have to say. Or, oh honey, you don't deserve that raise and you know it. Or, you really think you look good in that new dress? Mm Mm-mm, go change. And those voices go on and on, nonstop for everything you say, every choice you make. The worst part is that those mean girl voices keep you from getting the promotion, the recognition, the friendships, the relationships, and the life you want. If this sounds familiar, fight back at those mean girl voices and invest in your relationship with yourself with KT Coaching. KT Coaching is here to help millennial and Gen Y women get control of their thoughts so you can have the confidence to do anything you set your mind to. Confidence is more complicated than self-love or feeling good about yourself. It's about retraining your brain and cultivating confidence as a habit that over time and with practice becomes who you are. Not sure if this is right for you? Ask yourself. What would you do if you had all the confidence in the world? Would you ask for a raise or even start your own business? Would you know you're killing it as a partner, a wife, a mom? Would you be excited to try new things and meet new people? All it takes is a virtual cup of coffee with KT Laporta if you're ready to love yourself and your life. Go to coachingwithkt.com to schedule a Zoom coffee date or sign up for the newly launched five-week confidence boot camp. This one-on-one program is for women who want to finally and quickly transform their relationship with themselves. You deserve all the great things you wish you could do. All it takes is an investment in yourself with a willingness for change and working with a professional coach who will hold you accountable. What are you waiting for? Take charge. You got this. Stop worrying about what other people are thinking about you. Stop second-guessing decisions. Stop listening to those mean girls and stop playing small so you can enjoy all of your gifts. 
Just go to coachingwithkt.com. That's coachingwithkt.com. Okay. All right. Welcome back, folks. And Tiffany, I believe you are up with your headlines. I am. I am up. I'm up with my headlines. You are up with headlines. (laughs) Headline number one. Some fireflies can flash in unison and scientists are trying to figure out how. Oh, wow. Some fireflies can flash in unison and scientists are trying to figure out how. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Headline number two. Facial prosthetic dating back to 14th century discovered in Turkey. Wow. Facial prosthetic dating back to 14th century discovered in Turkey. Interesting. Facial prosthetic. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Headline number three. Till moo do us cluck. (laughs) This South Dakota sanctuary specializes in furry matrimony. (laughs) Till moo do us cluck. (laughs) This South Dakota sanctuary specializes in furry matrimony. (laughs) Uh, I mean, furry, like as in real animals, not like real animals, not people dressed. Okay. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Mm hmm. (laughs) all right so let's start with the top uh some fireflies can flash in unison scientists are trying to figure out why yeah so you mean flashing as as a as in their ability they wear tiny they wear tiny little trench coats and they go (laughs) go around and ask people if they want to buy something and they're like look at me (laughs) how do do they coordinate that and then they fly away (laughs) i don't know they do in unison though how do they do it quite remarkable wow it's like some kind of uh telekinetic perversion that goes on between fireflies telekinetic perversion (laughs) yeah that was my favorite talking heads album (laughs) the best Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you're talking about the ability like they're flashing their their body lights together (laughs) flashing your body lights they're flashing their bright heinies flashing those headlights yeah is that what it is? Is it the heinies that are that glow? Is it the hind quarters? <laughs> I I've I don't think I've ever heard you say the word heiny, <laughs> and I didn't. It actually took me by surprise how, how funny that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's still some there's still surprise in our marriage after all these years. Some of the, some of the vernacular I pull out is a little surprising. <laughs> oh boy, um, I believe so. You think it's their butts, mm-hmm. their heinies that mm-hmm. glow? <laughs> yeah. They're bright heinies. Bright heinies. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that's interesting. So I wonder how they are able... Yeah, that is interesting. How would they be able to communicate with one another and kind of... Because um, you don't think of an insect sort of having a lot of thinking capacity going on in their brains. You know what I mean? Like you would think that an insect would sort of just be sort of genetically sort of predisposed to do like one or two things like it just needs you know it needs to eat and no one needs to procreate you know what i mean like it it does Mm -hmm. i don't think it's doing any sort of critical thinking or you know writing poetry or anything like that like it's so the the idea that it somehow is able to communicate in a way with its other species is interesting but i guess other animals communicate but they don't necessarily without necessarily having like 
thoughts in the same sense that a human would have a thought, right? Like if you kill a hornet, is it a hornet or a wasp? One of those. I think it's a hornet. You kill it and then it emits like this pheromone Mm -hmm. and then it's like danger, danger, danger. And then all their friends come and hunt you down and kill you. Gotcha. Right? Wow. So I guess that's communic. That's a form of communication, right? Yeah, I guess you're. Yeah, I guess you're right. So maybe it could be something not sort of psychic or verbal. It could be something that is sort of, um, again, sort of, sort of does in their DNA, so to speak. It's something that is sort of like they're just primal. Primal, right? There's no real thought happening there. It's just mm-hmm. something that kind of happens because mm-hmm. of the years of sort of programming that have taken place over evolution. Yeah. Sorry, people that don't believe in that. Um, but yeah, so I think that that's probably <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> but why are they flashing in unison? Is it, as, is it a signal to something else? Is it a signal to more of their friends? Is it a sign to Probably because they're going to turn left. <laughs> Well, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you want to you want to be a good driver. You want to be a good good flyer, flyer. You know, and let people know that oh, there's birds flying around. You're sharing you're sharing the air with other flying things. Yeah, you want to be able to make signal. You know, you don't want to just make a turn in front of somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, there's rules. There's rules. There's rules, and there's common flying courtesy. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the idea of little tiny trench coats, though. Yeah. <laughs> little fire, you little firefly, little spitfire, you pervert. <laughs> Showing off that glowing hiney. Yeah, that glowing little hiney. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, um, uh, if you, if you had to compare, um, personalities to to certain insects <laughs> what would they be like for example like i i guess um maybe maybe uh i, I imagine a, a butterfly would be a bit more just kind of like like a dopey cat you mm. know just like la 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 look at me i am so pretty mm, okay yeah you know? relying on their good looks to get by absolutely maybe, absolutely yeah. just kind of you know, yeah. you, sometimes you see them. Sometimes they come around. They're like right in your face. <laughs> like, what is this butterfly? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so but, fireflies, I think, would be more of like a sort of a very dramatic musical theater major. Oh, yeah. Like just showing off, showing their light, sharing yeah. their light with everybody. You always have to find it. <laughs> they found their light and it's in their butts yeah <laughs> <laughs> and for unfortunately mm. a lot of people in acting also go that route as well and they <laughs> have trouble finding work and most of those folks are doing exactly that yeah yeah <laughs> i've met a lot of assholes <laughs> not myself because no, i haven't been one. i haven't been shoving my head up anyone's assholes yeah. but there there's a lot of my point is not everyone's nice yeah exactly that's exactly. my point that's my point and you also have a very bright posterior thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, some call it a future others call it a posterior <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, your butt is so bright, I gotta wear shades. <laughs> yeah, I um, I missed that '90s song. 
Um, Kevin, headline number two. Headline number two. Facial prosthetic from the 14th century was located in Turkey. Yeah. A facial prosthetic. Yeah. Like, I'm imagining, like, a ancient pair of, like, Groucho glasses with, like, a nose and glasses. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, I guess. <laughs> or was it, maybe it was, like, the shape of a nose, but it was really a prosthetic to maybe enhance your appearance in your pants <laughs> for... for Impressive purposes for in, impressive, in tight pants? Yes, for, for, okay. maybe, for maybe a Turkish man who didn't have an impressive... Uh, natural prosthetic in that region. <laughs> natural prosthetic. <laughs> and maybe needed, I don't think that makes sense, Kevin. And maybe needed a little bit of an enhancement in that area. Yeah, it was a um, it was it was a early pump. It was <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was for Turkish men in the 14th century with very low self esteem. <laughs> <laughs> it was really their Constantinople. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. What's in your pants? It's no one's business but mine. <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I suppose it could be something like that. Uh, you think it would be uh, definitely vanity based? Right? Yeah, I think yeah. it would have to be some kind of disguise. Mm-hmm. So if this is a, a disguise, yeah, specifically. Well, I'm, it's, I mean, it's altering your appearance in some way. So would it be for like? Would it be something for? Uh, men and women would it be something for uh like that's it's a it's a facial prosthetic so it could it be something to make your chin look bigger your nose bigger maybe cheeks like a cheek that type situation make your cheeks look fuller the history of like what people have done to make themselves look i guess uh fashionably beautiful have been really bizarre sometimes yeah you know? I, I haven't had to do a thing i know you're natural as is you've never had braces you've never worn a stitch of makeup i just unbelievable um i am wearing a prosthetic right now <laughs> it's my butt it's, a it's butt. your I'm butt. butt prosthetic. <laughs> that's not a facial prosthetic <laughs> um yeah so uh, uh like um you know, at, at one point in in history, at several points through history, uh, people have worn like different types of black dots on their faces, whether it was mm. something that had to do with their uh, social status oh, really? or it had to do, you know, sometimes they wore them on one side of their face, uh, depending on whether or not they were single or the other side of the face if mm. they were married. Um, sometimes they just simply wore it to cover up a pimple or, in, or imperfections. <laughs> right. right. Um, you know, at one point, uh, Egyptians used ah. coal to, to wear eyeliner. Um, okay. So it may not know. be sort of like a, it could be like a, like a bump or like a, like a, like a fake mole type thing. You know sure. what I mean? It could be something like that. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be like an exaggeration of an existing part of your face. I don't uh-huh. think about that. Like something that like makes your eye, like your brows thick or something. Like, uh-huh. It doesn't have to be necessarily, it could be just a marking of some kind. Yeah. Absolutely. So like a social yeah, status thing. Like a social, yeah, it kind of just lets people know, kind of like wearing a ring, kind of lets people know that you're married, but maybe having a dot on your face maybe lets people know you're ready to party. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. You're down for some Turkish fun. <laughs> What's fun in Turkey? I don't know. What um, do they do over there? I Dancing. 
dancing. Yep. They do dancing. They lots lots of dancing. That's pretty much all they do is dance mm-hmm. in in Turkey. I think that's correct. Yeah. Sounds I'm not. Good. I'm not going to fact check you. I'm going to believe you on the surface there. Yeah, of course. Well, you know. <laughs> um, what about okay? What if, what if it's not necessarily vanity? What if it's maybe it's because they're oh, okay. they're um, like a medical aid or something? Yeah, maybe? Or absolutely. Like a, uh, I never thought of that. See, I was thinking it was more of like a vanity thing. But yeah, it could be something to maybe cover up part of your face that maybe had some damage to it maybe there was a an accident accident right maybe you had like a hole in your face or something from something and you wanted to cover it up or maybe war heroes war heroes right or it could be a i mean a fate would a facial um prosthetic could that be like a like a fake eyeball would that be considered a facial prosthetic perhaps mm-hmm. right absolutely or like lips like yeah li- maybe maybe you lost your lips somewhere yeah and maybe you need lips yeah so you put on some fake lips yeah Mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way. See, I was thinking all vanity, but it could be sort of practical. Um, could be something to signal other people. It could uh-huh. be like a message. Could be something medical or um, helps them get by somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, in life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a lot of uh, as someone uh, as we know, a lot of people were just constantly dancing in the 14th century Turkey. You yeah. Know? So you might want to cover up your face and protect yeah. it a little bit. You know. Yeah. Arms are flailing on, flailing on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Gotta look out. You don't know. You don't know. Lots of sharp rings out there. Lots of sharp rings. Yeah. Yeah. Could take out an eye. Exactly. People are wearing their swords out of the floor. <laughs> That's right. You know. <laughs> they don't. They don't sword check. They don't. They don't have a sword check. <laughs> 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 What is it like that? Uh, I, try, I wish I could think of it. The um, like a famous dance club in New York City, like in the seventies, like the Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, yeah. There's like a Constantinople Studio Fifty Four with all these people standing out in line with big swords <laughs> hanging, <and> like <laughs> big like makeup and like hair, <laughs> like the boots and like the pants tucked in at the knee and the boots, you know, like uh-huh. the big puffy pants. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so headline number three kevin yes so muduas cluck a south dakota sanctuary is uh, specializing in uh wedding uh animal weddings furry weddings till muduas cluck oh i said till muduas part yeah that's the divorce lawyer that's one mm. town over in north dakota yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> till muduas cluck the South Dakota sanctuary specializes in furry matrimony. For and again, just to be clear, this is actual animals. animals. Mm-hmm. So, do the animals? Uh, do they, like how does that work? Do how do we know that they want to get married? Are we forcing them into a marriage that maybe their heart's not in? No, I think you recognize love when you see it. Okay. Not, I mean, not just in like. So not all animals are forced into a marriage. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> no, it's legal and consensual. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's two animals that appear to. So it's just a regular old sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Well, I would hope so. Uh, it's a normal anim- animal sanctuary, but if a couple of animals appear to be taking a liking to one another, they may help facilitate a wedding. They're not forcing mm-hmm. marriage on anybody. Mm-hmm. It's just if the animals happen to appear to want it, they give it to them. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's any type of animal abuse or anything like that. Right. Because we're not, uh, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. And it's not like it could be, you know, cow and a cow. Sometimes, you know, a goat would have a, a special bond with a cat. Okay. You know? And they could get married in these in these conditions, in this uh, land? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Remember, well, my childhood pets, Satin and Blitzen. Mm-hmm. They were married? They Satin was a cat. Blitzen was a dog. They loved each other very much. I think they were pretty much in a common law marriage. I think, yeah. I mean, after a few years, right? I think uh, based and plus, plus, if you're using dog or cat years, it also amplifies how the long living. they've really been together. Yeah, they really were. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. now, thanks to dad, they're uh, buried side by side. Aw, you know, yeah. like they're they're forever together. That's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess there are people. There are. Um, you know, as one thing we've seen is, is we, during the, because I never would have thought this uh, prior to the proliferation of animal videos online. I did not know that animals cared for one another like that. Oh, like I didn't know that. I didn't know that you would find like a dog and a, like a, to me, it's like every situation is like a Tom and Jerry. Like, cause that's all yeah. I knew about animals was like, they, there were cer- certain natural predators. They all hated each other and they didn't get along. Uh, but you see like, you know, you see like animals take in, the young, you know, like if like a, a young duckling could could wander up to a, a mother cat and the mother cat might take the duckling in and treat it like its own. Yeah. Like you see things and that's maybe not a real example, but you understand where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of thing happens out there in nature. Yeah. And there's no and again, going back to the, what we were talking about uh, in the other story about, you know, animals uh, n- not necessarily having thoughts that, that mammals would have that we would mm-hmm. have but there is some something something sort of ingrained in them over time where they know that this thing is young and we got to take care of it yeah it doesn't matter that it doesn't look exactly like me because i don't even know what i am mm-hmm. like it's you know what i mean it's just all based on instincts and prime primal things that are just in the dna and it's not like they not like the cat's like i can't take care of a duck i don't know how to, i don't know the first thing about a duck right it's just like oh there's a young animal it's needs a mother here we go I can, they don't I have that, that rationale to be afraid yeah yeah like of of well of course some animals have yeah sure. they know how to be afraid but right. i mean like some animals play dead so yes yes right. <laughs> absolutely that's a survival skill yeah. but i mean like be afraid of like caring for something else yeah. so that, that yeah. there's no fear of uh that sort of rejection or yeah. you know they're gonna grow up and be a snotty teenager and then suddenly like they're not best friends anymore and they're like i don't know what went wrong and they're like ah, <laughs> right get out of my room mom you still love it when you'd rub my feet yeah, yeah. what happened to that um <laughs> yeah you're right there is a we kind of sometimes maybe overcomplicate things with our thoughts yeah it can be our own worst enemy yeah but i guess but that is also the blessing and the curse of being a sort of mammal with Mm -hmm. a conscious that we have the ability to do all these things but then we also at the same time have all the stuff stopping us which may also be a primal sort of um defense or survival mechanism that's Mm -hmm. that we've kind of created for ourselves in the lack of a actual present danger yeah you know there's not there's not lions coming after us anymore so we've created like oh i I, I can't do that i might fall so i better not go outside in this ice yeah we've created all these predators for Mm -hmm. us in our heads like home well folks this episode is brought to you by the american psychological institute because holy cow we uncovered some incredible theories right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely uh, but yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, so we say all that to say that with animals, there is not that sort of 
interference that could happen. It's mm-hmm. just like we need to take care of each other. Yeah. Um, so animals do kind of cross cross love. <laughs> I don't know what the right word is there. Yeah. It doesn't matter that they're a, it's a turtle yeah. and a ferret. They mm-hmm. may love each other in a way that is just a hundred percent just companionship. Also, I mean, not that we're going to marry Chloe, but I mean, Chloe recognizes that you and I are her caretakers. She feels mm-hmm. love for us. Right, right. You know, that she wants to be with us all the time. Yeah. You know? Right. She knows that good things happen when we're around from a, a sense of companionship, you know, and, and that sort of uh, love but also food. We take care mm-hmm. of, the, you know, she knows that we're doing, or mm-hmm. she knows that we play with her. Like she'll look at me in a certain way. I know she wants to get that laser out. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I get that laser out, she immediately prowls down. Like she knows that that thing that I pick up causes fun to happen for yeah. her and she gets ready and prepared for it. So, yeah. it, but it's not like she has a, a thought in the same sense that we would like, Hey, I feel like playing right now. Let me go over there. It's just like, it's similar, but it's different. It's, it's animals, man. Wacky. Animals. What what if this sanctuary is a place where people bring their pets to get married or their animals to get married and like just the, okay. the sanctuary happens to be a the church a great backdrop it's a sanctuary yeah exactly <laughs> and and you already have like all the uh, the the uh, wedding party there it's all these other animals <laughs> right, they're yeah. there to just you know fill out the pictures appropriately <laughs> right right you know right. you don't want any uneven numbers Get another camel on the other side there come on yeah come on come yeah, on gotta make this symmetrical here <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know that's awesome I like that I never thought of that it could be a place that you take it's like a like how they have like a drive through wedding chapel in Vegas they have like mm-hmm. a drive up. Uh, marry your animal farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not you can't marry. I mean, right. Y- you know what I mean there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. So Tiffany, you're trying to tell me that one of these <laughs> headlines is actually a real story. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one. I want the animal marriage one to be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could also see the fireflies communicating together and maybe they were wanting to study that. So that's another tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prosthetic thing, like, yeah, we find all kinds of weird shit from a long time ago. Why not find something that you would stick on your face that would be <laughs> of some purpose, you know, that we maybe have forgotten about or maybe did help people at a time. So these mm-hmm. are, these are challenging. Hmm. Yeah. Let's go with the, the, the prosthetic. The prosthetic? Yeah. Kevin, that is a fake headline. Get out of here. It's a fake headline. All right. Well, let's go with the fireflies then. That's my backup number pick. Okay. Kevin, that is a real headline. <laughs> I really wanted the... First of all, till moo do you cluck... Um, <laughs> Very, very impressive headline. Uh, that was very funny. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was really, it was tough. It was really tough to pick of these. These are, these are really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I love animals. So this headline is from CBC News. Oh. Thanks, Canada. Yeah, yours was from CBC. Mine was from BBC. Mm-hmm. Wow. BBC usually is one of my go-tos, so it's really funny that I did not see your headline. Yeah. But I, I didn't. It's mm. so odd. <laughs> um, 
but they didn't uh, yeah i just didn't find anything this time um so this is from cbc and some fireflies can flash in unison and scientists are trying to figure out how huh it's so crazy yeah fireflies are so neat yeah they really are we saw one recently too and that's why i was thinking yeah it hit our windshield yeah, so I'm thinking, well, maybe that's why we, she thought of that. We literally watched its light go out. We, <laughs> it was really sad. It really was. And then it was like in our vision the whole drive home. It's like, oh, God, how awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we could have put the wipers on, but we... I just couldn't... I couldn't degrade its body. <laughs> right. You respected the sanctity of death. I did. I did. <laughs> Scientist Ortiz Peleg has been long fascinated by I'm, fireflies. I'm sorry, Tiffany, that's Ortiz Pegleg. I'm sorry, you pronounced that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> fascinated by fireflies that appear to flash their lanterns in synchronicity. But she only just recently got to witness the phenomenon up close. Peleg and her colleague Rafael Serfati get it together kevin i'm sorry i keep thinking peg leg now <laughs> sarfati are these peg fireflies <laughs> they're in unison don't you know <laughs> peleg <laughs> it's done okay i'm sorry i'm done it's p-e-l-e-g how would you say it peg leg peg leg a peg leg <laughs> <laughs> no, you're. I'm just. It just sounds like peg leg. I know. It makes me giggle. I'm <laughs> a child. No, you're good. It does look like peg leg. Peleg and her colleague Rafael Safadi traveled to the Great Smoky Mountains, which straddle the borders of North Carolina and Tennessee, to witness and film a massive swarm of Photinus. Fo- Carolinas, one of only a handful of firefly species known to synchronize flashes from their own lanterns, the light-producing organs. Huh. It's a mysterious phenomenon that people have long observed with their own eyes, but it's never been documented in detail or confirmed scientifically until now. Seeing it for the first time was mind-blowing. It was beautiful, emotional, everything together, Pillig said. Uh, and Peleg, a computer scientist from the University of Colorado, uh, said it's very beautiful and it's very hard to describe in words. Hmm. She first heard of synchronous fireflies when she was doing her undergraduate degree in physics. I took some classes where we were taught how to understand mechanistically how systems in nature synchronize which is a very Hmm. common behavior for living systems but also non-living systems like atoms huh i have heard that before too like where like they've done studies where they've sort of i don't know if they've i I could be i'm not a scientist but where they're able to like split a cell and then call and like do something to one of them and the other one reacts to it too Mm -hmm. like there's there is like a weird sometimes there's a connection that we can't understand with physics yet Mm mm-hmm Interesting. In these textbooks, they usually use fireflies as a relatable example for students because fireflies are, of course, very beautiful. It's And it's maybe a little easier to imagine in your head a firefly flashing than an atom. Mm-hmm. Later, when she had her own lab, she found herself thinking about those fireflies again. But she was surprised to find that there was very little scientific data about how, how, how they time their flashes. Hmm. 
In fact, some early 20th century scientists denied that the phenomenon of synchronized flashing even existed, brushing it off as an accidental or more mere trick of the eye. Hmm. I could see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see people doubting that at that time. So Peleg and Sarfati went straight to the source, the Great Smoky Mountains of National Park, where crowds gather annually to watch the fer- fireflies flash in unison. The light show is part of a firefly mating ritual for about two weeks. The males flash and dance to impress the females. <laughs> kind of like with peacocks. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly, yeah. And absurd men. Or me at the senior high school dance. Yeah. <laughs> the scientists placed two cameras amid the swarm, nearly four meters apart, with an overlapping field of vision. Kind of like our eyes working so we can triangulate the distance. Hmm. Then they used a computer program to reconstruct where these flashes occurred in time and space in three dimensions. They found the creatures don't blink at the same time, but rather in rapid cascading waves, suggesting that they are taking their cues from each other to generate an appearance of a synchronized blinking. So oh, wow. see, speaking of baseball games where we there, this really happened where there was a giant wave across the whole <laughs> like. Uh, the whole ballpark ballpark yeah. yeah i didn't i didn't know if stadium was right but also audience was wrong <laughs> i think you're you could use both of those the terms. crowd the crowd let's yeah. go with the crowd the crowd in the stadium yeah but we had a cool wave going it we was, did it was pretty great so that's really neat that the, the, the fireflies are doing it and we did it and we took a cue from people next to us and did it we didn't Absolutely. actually verbally say hey we're gonna do the way we saw what was happening and we just naturally wanted to jump in uh-huh. very similar i mean it's yeah. a silly example but it's kind of a good example at the same time absolutely they still don't entirely understand how the fireflies do it the swarm is ginormous it's really really big there's thousands and thousands and thousands of individuals Hmm. an individual firefly is able to only interact with a small part of the swarm and so what we're trying to understand is how a firefly sees or perceives the flashes that occur next to it and integrate that signal and then decide when to flash Understanding the mechanisms of these fireflies, she says, could have real-world implications for understanding and improving other synchronized systems, like telecommunication networks or even the human circulatory system. In the sense that sometimes there is universality in nature, we are hoping that maybe the results which we learn about fireflies could also be projected and applied to all of these different systems. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Wow, it's so neat. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. There are pictures and um, there's a couple of long exposures, which look pretty cool. Oh, speaking of flashing. Uh, <laughs> just a long exposure. <laughs> Whoa, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow, great job, Tip. Those are great uh, stories, great headlines, and a great uh, article there. So, uh, yeah, great job. Thanks. You yeah, too. Thank you. What a fun time. Good times. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can follow us along on social media. We are at FakeHeadPod over on Twitter. And Fake Headlines Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us, uh, fakeheadlinespodcast at gmail.com. Give us a shout if you come across a funny story. We might use it on the show or just let us know how you're doing. And you can always find us at fakeheadlinespodcast.com. Indeed. Indeed. So folks, if you happen to be listening to us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, potentially, I'm not sure if iTunes is still a thing anymore, but anyway, Apple Podcasts, uh, please scroll down on our, on our page in there and click on the five stars for a five-star review. And if you wouldn't be so kind to add a 
few kind words in there too. Couldn't hurt. Uh, just helps us uh, keep visible. The more people that give us ratings and write, the more often we are then uh, sort of selected and, and given as a suggestion to someone else listening to a different podcast. And of course, nothing, nothing brings greater joy to a friend than when you tell them about a new podcast. Oh, it's like the best thing. It's like all people talk about nowadays. They're like, hey, what podcast are you listening to? I don't know. Oh. This cool thing called Fake Headlines Podcast. Oh, what's that? Yeah. And then you just tell them. Right. And I next mean, thing you know, now you're both fake friends. Exactly. And t- you got. I mean, how many true crime podcasts can you listen to, quite frankly? I mean, they're all great, but geez louise. There's only one Kevin and Tiffany. Yeah, exactly. You know? And we are, and so you got to take, you got to have a palate cleanser between all the true crime stuff yeah. you're con- you're ingesting or congesting. Uh, it's causing congestion in your in your brain. You yeah. need to uh, palate cleanse with some fake headlines. So uh, let your friends know and uh, keep following us on the show, social media. Keep sharing uh, stuff with us, and uh, we really appreciate all you're doing. So thank you. Yeah. And I think we will see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.